What's up, Tim? We back here once again. Messing with Teddy. Yeah, what y'all come out here for? What y'all want to hear? Yeah. Yeah. Down. Down. <laughs> That's right, y'all. We here again with our podcast. Bringing Miss Tiffany. Tiffany, you want to get down with this podcast today? Yes, I want to get down. All right, so. Hey, Jane. What's up, Tiff? What's up, partner in podcasting? This is not a conference. This is confer. You can confer with me. Or you can confer with her. So, today we welcome you to confer. Our podcast. All right, so before today's topic, which is redlining, we have our now, our N-O-W. You know, that little nugget of wisdom we bring to you, things I might not know, things you might not know or heard of. We're going to bring it to you today. And it's about butterflies. I know you're saying butterflies. I don't know about butterflies. Really? You might not know these things I'm about to tell you or share with you. So, Tiffany's about to tell you that she's dishing information, nuggets of wisdom, uncommonly discussed. So here's a little nugget of wisdom discovered by us. So, Miss Tiffany and I, she and I want you to ponder about these butterfly things I'm about to tell you about. Did you all know that butterflies taste with their feet? I didn't know that, and I, <laughs> I bet you a whole lot of people out there didn't know about that. The taste sensors are located there underneath their feet. They can taste it by just standing on their food. They can taste it. By, by standing, standing on, on their food. Wow. When you stand on your food, you're going to smash it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to taste too good after that. Basically. But basically, yes, they stand on their food. And then, you know, they have these long straw-like structures called a pro Bosic. I hope I'm spelling, pronouncing this right. It's P-R-O-B-O-S-C-I-S, which they use to drink nectar or juice with. Mm. Yeah, from their face. It's like a straw. Wow. Um, their feet also located locate food for their caterpillars. Mm. So, for example, they could stand on a leaf and give it a taste. If they determine that the plant is something their caterpillars can eat, they'll lay their eggs in that spot, mm. right on that plant, wow. right on that leaf, mm. and then they lay their eggs. So, some fun facts about butterflies is butterflies got their name from poop. Yes, yeah, shit. Wow. Doo doo, dunk. They got their name from poop. <laughs> wow, wow. Right. I, I, I never would have thought that. Yeah, shit. See, long, some long, 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 long time ago, as Bernie Mac say, long, 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 long time ago, the Dutch scientists were studying them. So they looked up at their poop and noticed that the drippings looked like an awful, like, like butter. So yeah. you're saying that butterfly droppings yeah, look looks like, like what? butter. Butter melted whipped butter, cream butter. It, I... it look like butter back then. So oh, it wow. looked like butter to them. Wow. 
So maybe it looks like butter. Mm, but it don't taste like butter. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't taste it. Would you taste <laughs> no, it? No, I don't think well, I would maybe, taste maybe the Dutch no butterfly taste droppings. It. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the scientists in Dutch tasted it. Wow. They said, wow, but they say look like, not taste it. Mm. So they gave the insect the name butterfly. But. Butterfly. Oh, wow. Right. Butter. But, butter. Like the like droppings and right. fly because they obviously take flight. Absolutely. Wow. That was so, a very interesting fact. But hold on. At one time, it was believed that witches. What? That's right. Witches turned themselves into butterflies. Yep. And then flew off in search of food, especially for butter. Hmm. And finally, here's the fact I didn't know either. This is amazing. For all you people out there, there are about 165,000 species of butterflies. Now, that I did know because their migration I patterns are very strategic. I didn't even right. know that butterflies plan that heavily as they migrate. And when they all meet at this one place, it's right. literally like millions of butterflies up against one spot. It's a wow. beautiful sight of all colors. And in that particular sighting, it can be about 100,000 species Different within species. that sighting, yes, wow, of migration. So. Well, you learned one a day. I learned one a day. They taste with their food. Tiffany, why don't you go stand on something to see if you can taste your food? <laughs> I don't think so. With these camel toes that I have, you know what I mean? I might mess it all up. So I think I need to stick with my hands. So here comes the exciting part. Our topic for today, podcasting, is redlining, right? So, I'm about to introduce you to the greatest speaker of all time. time. She hails from Washington, D.C., <laughs> weighs about 125 pounds, 5'1", maybe not even 5'1", oh. but she's there. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany! So, Tiffany, before I let you speak... I have this little movement I'm doing called Can Can, right? All right. So, Can Can is about people who make things happen, big or small. You know, doing things beyond their their capability or what they think they can do. So, if you believe you can can, you can. That's right. So, so my segment and my movement is going to be about people who can. Yeah, I know you can make it. So, ladies and gentlemen, our first can can person is Simone Biles. You probably heard of her. You should have. A black, beautiful young lady. A black, beautiful, awesome young gymnast. She hails the U.S. record for gold medals at 15. She's an athletic female of the year. She hails from Spring, Texas, 22 years old. And Miss Simone Mel Biles can can. Huh. She really can. So that's our can can person of the week. And now, I told y'all I was bringing her on, Miss Tiffany, with the topic of today redlining. Yes, redlining. Very, very instrumental. I want people to really delve into this because the systemic 
phenomenon of redlining impacts our urbanized communities from African-American, Indian, Filipino, any type of non-white citizen in this country, particularly African-Americans, have been affected by this systematic form of racial discrimination. Very important. That's racial very discrimination important. existed in mortgage lending practices and or banking and insurance practices to withhold or negate minorities from accessing capital to purchase homes, to buy business, to buy cars, and to progress in the world. We can all agree that without access to capital, which is the almighty dollar, that money, that that green, that yeah. paper that we all chase from that nine to five. For the love of money. For the love. <laughs> but they have stifled the access to the capital for disenfranchised communities and kept them out of the demographic for lending, which has trapped people inside of poverty. This phenomenon took place from the early 1930s all the way up until about 50 years ago. It was legally banned wow. when the um, federal, uh, excuse me, the First Time Homeowners Association, aka the loan that was supposed to help minorities access funding, ended up barring us from getting loans. I'm not surprised. The studies and statistics show that lenders were more likely to lend money towards a low-income white person than give a business loan or a mortgage loan to a middle-class or even upper-class African-American family. That's not even hard to believe. I mean, like I'm pretty sure the listeners out there are saying the same thing. I mean, they're, they're probably not surprised. Probably never heard of redlining or don't really, you know, conceive it to get into redlining, but I'm pretty sure you're telling them something that that they're going, wow, another one, just another way. Yes. And there's also such a thing when you're not just denied financial services, Gene, but you're also denied supermarkets in your neighborhood that are healthy. You're also denied yeah. upscale health care and vaccines and other cures that will be readily accessible to people of other racial demographics than it would be to someone within our urban communities. They only want us to eat right. They only want us to eat right. That's it. And, 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 and I, we, we try to grow, have our own farms and stuff, and, and, and that didn't work. And now they just, they only want us to have the, the good nutrition for our kids, huh? But more of us should go back to eco farming. More of us mm. should learn how to plant a seed. Mm. Because if you don't have access to supermarkets, when we know that food is directly related to health, yeah. diabetes, high blood pressure, and other things that constantly kill people yeah. within our communities. So we can say that health and our wealth is connected to having access to capital, mm -hmm. access to these supermarkets, and access to, to, to great health care. Now, the last but not least point I want to, to hone in on is reverse redlining. Reverse. reverse redlining occurs when a lender or insurer target particular neighborhoods that are predominantly non-white, not to deny the residents loans or insurance, but rather to charge them more for the same service or lending practice that is otherwise offered in other neighborhoods with or without competition. <laughs> again, again, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. 
I'm not surprised. And I'm gonna tell you this: laws in these neighborhoods were unavailable or very expensive, making it even more difficult for low-income minorities to buy homes and set the stage for our country's persistent racial wealth gap. White families today have nearly 10 times the net worth of black families and more than eight times that, that of Hispanic families, according to the Federal Reserve, printed in an article by the Washington Post hmm. by the author who brought this to us, Tracy Jan, on March 28, 2018. She's a, a, a columnist in the Washington her. Post, and she gave an excellent, excellent point, which I should say, refer to this author if you can, to see exactly how this type of practice have kept her, myself, because this person is a minority who's writing this article. What's her name so again? she understands her name is Tracy Last Name Jan. And, and she, she looks like she's article? a his like like she's perhaps an of an Asian, uh, a mm. minority mixed race. What's the name of the uh, of the uh, article? The article name is Redlining was banned fifty years ago. It's still hurting minorities today, and it's a part of the economic policy analysis published in the Washington Post. So let me ask you a question. Is redlining even legal, or was it legal back then, or is it legal? Redlining is never legal. Discrimination is never legal, but it's a practice. So, is it against the law? Is what I'm it was saying. banned fifty years ago, but it, it as we can banned. see, it's lingering here today. It was banned fifty years ago, right? But it still lingers. The hurt still lingers, mm -hmm. right? Right. But I'm actually asking you: Was it a law for them not to do it? No, it was not a law. So at they were doing so they were doing something legal to hurt other people. Really? They were doing something that they were practicing that had not been um rejected by our legal system. Now it's it's officially objective, but the right. question is if people have been practicing this and people not enforcing the laws that are now in place, right. then guess what? People still get negated. They still donate. They're still, stuff. and we can see that in our neighborhoods. We look at all the disrepair that we see. I was going to ask you, what, so what neighborhood can you think of? Like, what neighborhood can you think of is happening now? Like, where are you? At the top of my, my head, I'm from Southeast Washington, D.C. And prior to 20 years ago, when, when before they thought to build the city that they have today, right. if African Americans had access to capital, and was able to go into a bank and get a loan, they could have fixed those builders up. They could have fixed their own homes opposed to selling out to the government or these uh, home lenders that, or these home real estate companies that say, I'll buy your house for cash. Da, da, da. You get cash that way, but not from a traditional lender. And that's the problem. So considering how redlining is contributing to, um, to the racial wealth gap, right? mm -hmm. how is how does they... How do they contribute to the the gap in the wealth? Well, if people can't access money, then that means the net worth of your family goes down. Your assets you can accumulate right, right. assets at a rapid pace. Right. So if your counterpart who's non-white is over there grabbing the money, active capital, the bank says yes on your home, right. yes to your business loan, yes, 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 yes. So you got all this capital and you you're doing this. It seems like you're so much better than me, right. but you're not. It's a systemic practice that's been been overlooked and oversighted so minorities can't progress as quickly as their white counterparts. So, all right. Okay, well, explain. Which thereby contribute to the racial wealth gap. 
I, I don't know if you answered my this question or not, but explain how our our urban city, our communities, is um, like directly directly affected by redlining. How is it directly affected by redlining? Well, as you can see, most of active our community, we we don't own a lot of property. We don't own a lot of businesses. Right. If you look around us, look at who look who's owning the, the the gas stations. Look who's owning your liquor store, your your um your movie theater. Is that us? And the answer right. to your question is truly yes. Well, Mrs. Johnson say that, has it. <laughs> 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 Johnson has a theater. No, you know, you know what that is. You know, like I said, Matt Johnson, he does great things, and I would not negate anything that he has done right but on the scale from the average medium okay i would say that would look at well, look, yeah, i just named one person so right out of, you so know, one out of out a of, million <laughs> out of a million black americans or either i'm gonna say non-white because yeah. i don't want to just single out right. my other friends so and foreigners millions of, us of people that right. are non-white who want to start their own business and need that Seventy thousand dollars, but can't get it. Exactly. And they say it's not based on your income; it's based on your race. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you could tune in next time to find out what's in Tiffany's closet. Right. Oh yeah, Tiffany has a closet coming up, so it'll be a segment every 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 podcast we have, and you ain't gonna know what's coming out of that closet, and I'm not even gonna know what's coming out of that closet. And she's my partner, and I. But I'm gonna tell you, there's some bones, some skeletons in that closet. It's some, it's and, some fresh bodies in there from yesterday. <laughs> I just pulled them up in that thing. So tune so, in next week to Tiffany's closet. To Tiffany's closet, and, and of course our, our nuggets of wisdom. Our podcast, in essence, conferred. You have talked and listened to her, and you have conferred with me. <laughs> this is conferred. This is confirmed. We have confirmed.